0: Oh, oh, shine upon the darkness, so oh, word of truth, shine bright. Abide with me forever, your law is my
1: delight. Hey everyone, and welcome to Theana Money where we seek to help the good man, Leave an inheritance to his children's children. This is Jeremy, the host of Theana Money. This week on the episode, and also for the next episode, in two weeks as well, I have my friend uh, Dr. Anthony Silvestro, and he will be uh, discussing uh, issues with health in America. We will be discussing that together in the first episode. And the second episode, we will be discussing uh, ways that you can get healthier and trying to keep it pretty cheap and so these are important because our health is important but these are also important because they do relate to economics when we get a little bit into the episode you're going to hear me relate some uh, statistics about the cost of health issues and then we're going to get even more into economics as we talk about ways you can try to save money and uh, be healthier at the same time in the second episode. So I hope these episodes really bless you all and that you take them to heart and try to live a healthier life to the glory of God. So let's jump in. All right, I am here with my friend, Dr. Anthony Silvestro. So I'll let you take a moment to introduce yourself.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm Anthony Silvestro. I've been a dentist for 20 years now and have practiced more naturopathically for the last 15 And so not only is uh, Christianity a a passion of mine, defending the faith and apologetics, as I get a chance to teach around the country on different topics, but uh, nutrition is one that is a big passion of mine as well. And uh, as time has gone on, I've spent a lot of time in research trying to figure out why America looks so unhealthy today versus 50 years ago when technology is better, nutrition is supposed to be better, foods are supposed to be better. And yet we look around and it's not better. So that's why we're here today.
1: Yeah. I remember when you and I first met almost three years ago now in January, it'll be three years uh, at that uh, hermeneutic seminar, you and we uh, were doing in Illinois, that after it was over, I ended up talking with you about health stuff for like an hour afterwards or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was, a, that, I, I enjoyed it. It's always fun to to see other people who are serious about it because sadly i i believe that christians in general uh overlook nutrition they overlook them they overlook uh, themselves in terms of the foods we consume and yeah so I, I it's it's great to see other christians that are concerned about it
1: yeah we'll quote the verse saying our body is a temple when it comes to not smoking cigarettes but we won't do that when it comes to not drinking pop or something
0: that's right or gluttony Hmm. Reminds me of a story of one of my uh, friends, Mike Stockwell, who travels and open-air preaches pretty much full-time for the last 14 years. And uh, he was at an open-air preacher conference where one of the older preachers was uh, preaching. And he said, hey, all, all you men, stand up and look down. If you cannot see your toes because your belly's in the way, you are unqualified to preach. Oof. And he he just stunned almost the entire crowd.
1: I mean, yeah, so, that's the stereotypical picture of the Baptist preacher and his tie is like four or five inches from his belt because of how big his stomach is.
0: Yep, that's right. And the open air preacher community has been very similar to that. Although I've been really happy to see in the last couple of years, a lot of guys really concentrating on on um, getting more fit, getting healthy for their families, for their image, everything. It's been great to see.
1: Mm -hmm. Just a couple of days ago at Jesus in Politics, I got to meet for the first person. I had messaged him a couple of times online, but I got to meet in person, John Moody, and he's done a lot to try to get people healthier and uh, into homesteading. And he's kind of done some fighting the government because of FDA regulations that make it harder to eat healthy.
0: Yep, that's right. I I praise guys like him and, and the work that they do because it's definitely an uphill battle against the government.
1: Mm-hmm. He talked about doing a raw milk and cookie party outside the steps of the FDA to uh, <laughs> protest against laws against raw milk, and it actually was really successful. No one tried to fight them on it. No one even talked to them, but yet they got a uh, law overturned just by doing that.
0: Yeah, that is wonderful to hear.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so anyways, they're kind of getting uh, down to the point of this episode. Kind of like America's health crisis. Uh, you sent me some notes and then you know, kind of relating this more to economics, because this is Theana money, I just pulled up a CDC article about different types of illnesses and diseases and how much they cost each year. And it said like heart disease and stroke on average cost $216 billion per year in the healthcare system. And then in lost productivity, another 147 billion. And then I could kind of just go down the list with different things they have with like um, obesity and diabetes and cancer and all the billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars, that different illnesses cause the country cost the country every year.
0: Yep, yeah, that's right. And and you you mentioned uh, just a few of the top ten deaths of diseases. You know, deaths by those diseases in 2021. It, it's when you total them all up, that number is over a half a trillion dollars in terms of what's being spent each year. So, yeah, it's 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 an incredible amount. And and here's one point that we really need to make sure people understand is when we read these stats, often it's given as stats as, hey, look how much money is being spent. and And it's talked about on the surface as being a problem. And yet, why is nobody doing anything about it? Why is the government not doing anything about it? Why are government agencies not doing anything about it? Why is medicine not seeming to do anything about it? and i would say it's because there's a lot of people that actually profit off of this
1: yeah instead of uh, telling someone to change this or that about his diet just selling him some prescription medicine that can supposedly let him still have the unhealthy lifestyle without the consequences that's correct yeah um i think that's a lot of our problem and i think that's kind of the direction we're going to go in this episode and the next one
0: yes yeah and really what it comes down to is is I know I'm going to be jumping around the notes a little bit here, but when it comes to allopathic medicine, people, I, I want your listeners to understand what allopathic medicine actually is versus naturopathy. See, before the late 1800s, most doctors were naturopaths of some sort. And, and, and I'm using the, the term loosely because we've got some better definitions today versus what we did 150 years ago. When we talk about naturopathic type medicine, it was People using diet and using herbs and using vitamins, but using natural resources to boost the body's immune system and to get the blood chemistry right. Even when we didn't understand blood chemistry very well, it was to get it was to get the body right the way God designed it to work in order to heal. Now, now you and I have talked about this, Jeremy, in the past that. But we we do have to understand that we live in a fallen world with fallen bodies, with bodies that are going to die no matter what we do. But yet the Bible does also teach us that we're to take care of our temples and, and we should be as healthy as we possibly can be given the circumstances of our fallen nature. And so having said all that, th- this was naturopathic medicine in general from the mid, up until the mid to late 1800s. And then what happened was, is we had some doctors who were looking to profit. And this was when the pharmaceutical industry was just being born in the mid-1800s. But where it really accelerated was with Rockefeller. And and while I could spend hours talking about all the damage the Rockefeller family has done to this country over the years, where it all started from was, was in the early 1900s Rockefeller was the richest man in the world and he had a what they called a the monopoly, Standard Oil. And Standard Oil got broken up and it was broken up into most of the oil companies we know of today, Exxon and Mobil, Chevron and others, all are derived from Standard Oil being broken up around 1910. So what Rockefeller did is when, when his monopoly was broken up, he took that money, started a foundation, which is what the Carnegie's did a little bit earlier after they made all their money in steel rockefellers teamed up with the carnegies to figure out how they could make a bunch more money and what they did is they started allopathic medicine
1: real quick i just want to say something there if you're familiar with the book the creature of jekyll island i I listened to the audiobook earlier this year it's a really long one i listened like the first half of the audiobook earlier this year but that literally like that basically collusion there that they did sounds really similar to what the banking industry did to create the Federal Reserve just a few years later. Anyway, that's right. To add it's that right. in, but you can. No, you're going.
0: right. It's, no, you're right. It's very similar. To what's what's happened in banking. It's it's honestly happened in a number of industries, and so this was just one of them. And it's it's really part of the the larger global Marxist agenda that's been behind the scenes. That really the bankers and the wealthy businessmen have been behind for a really long time, both in Europe and in America. So you're absolutely right about that. So when it, when it comes to medicine, you had Rockefeller figure out how to make money, more money after Standard Oil was broken up. And so what he did is he employed a guy named Flexner, came out with the Flexner Report, and, and employed other people to figure out how to make pharmaceuticals using oil. And so now he just turned his oil-making ventures into pharmaceuticals. They started taking, they started taking the herbal remedies. They figured out which, which compounds within herbal remedies were the effective compounds. And then they learned how to, in a laboratory, replicate that using oil. And so you can manipulate oil with different bacteria, especially in some fungus, in order to make certain byproducts.
1: Yeah, so I learned this reading Dr. Garwood's book not too long ago, and I had heard that a lot of your really cheap vitamins were petroleum-based, and I never, I never knew the connection with this that you just explained until like a month or two ago reading Health for All of Life.
0: Yeah, his book, by the way, is a phenomenally done book. I was, I had the pleasure of meeting him um, the second time you and I got a chance to speak at the Bruce Farm Conference uh we i had a chance to meet dr jason garwood and i I commended him on his book after i had gone through it it was a phenomenal book i can't imagine the amount of work he put into the amount of hours he put into this book in terms of the research so yeah i I commend that book to anybody who's listening today and maybe you can provide a link later in the show notes
1: yeah i can do that Yeah, yeah i I heard a John Moody say that he might start a podcast at some point, And I messaged him and said that he should have you and Dr. Garwood both on guest on his podcast sometime.
0: Yeah, I, I would be happy to. But so Jason was right. And you're right about this in that, in that it's not only drugs, but it's also vitamins that are all made out of pharmaceuticals. I'm sorry, made out of oil and, and they're like pharmaceuticals now. So what kind of quality are we actually getting versus what God has actually made naturally for us? That's that's one big problem. The other thing that happens, and, and this is a fundamental shift in, in thinking as well. So not only did Rockefeller try to profit off of drugs by using his oil and making pharmaceuticals and vitamins out of it, but the whole treatment approach in modern medicine is different than what it used to be. You know, I, I, I challenge people with this question when they challenge me on naturopathic type medicine, I said, Other than if you break an arm or break a leg and you need to have surgery to reset the bone, which, by the way, is not always necessary. But let's say you have to, you know, you have to go for a surgery for that. I get it. Go get your surgery done. But in general, what does medicine actually fix? Like when you go see a doctor for a cold, for a flu, for COVID, for whatever it is, what do they actually fix in you?
1: They just make your body able to fix itself.
0: That's correct. They don't do anything for you. They they essentially manage your symptoms until your God-given immune system takes care of the issue.
1: Yeah. When I was like 10, I had a teacher in school say, you know, doctors don't actually heal you. They just do what they need to do so your body can heal itself. And I was like, mind blown as a little like 10 or 11 year old, because I never even thought about that before.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely right. And and so that's that's the foundation of allopathic medicine well nowadays it's far worse than that because now we have pharmaceuticals that are that are derived in in labs they're not made with all the phytonutrients that are put into the regular herbals or the regular vitamins that you see out there and so you take these drugs and all they do is cover up your symptoms in the meantime the disease process rages on and, and so what do i mean by this well this is the other fundamental issue of allopathic medicine. We have been bred to believe that that blood, high blood pressure is a disease, that high cholesterol is a disease, that overactive or underactive thyroid is a disease. And the reality is, is that they're not actually diseases. They're symptoms. They're symptoms of an underlying condition, an underlying disease. And so traditional medicine today literally just treats people's symptoms with medications, knowing full well that those medications end up causing other problems in the long run, sometimes directly causing problems through side effects, sometimes indirectly because the disease process rages on. You've covered up your symptoms, and now new manifestations of that disease end up developing as time goes on, and therefore new symptoms end up developing as time goes on.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It's like when you um have a cold, taking cold medicine. This is why for like, since I was a kid, before I even had heard of the stuff we're talking about now, I was like, I don't want to take cold medicine. I'd rather just cough and sneeze a lot, but get done with my cold a day sooner because the cold medicine is making it harder for my body to get rid of it. Because coughing and sneezing is how your body gets rid of all this stuff.
0: That's right. Yep, absolutely. And so, you know, one one example I like to point out to people And this, anybody who's in the medical profession listening to this that disagrees with me right now, go to your patient charts. Maybe you have to do this after hours or even lunch break, but go to your patient charts and see how many people start off in high blood pressure medicines or cholesterol medications. And then if you saw them put on one of these medications 15, 20, 25 years ago, chances are a high percentage of them between five to 10 years after that will be on the other one. So if they were on a high blood pressure, then I'll be on high cholesterol. If they're on high cholesterol, then they'll also be on a high blood pressure medication. And then five to 10 years after that, we find that a percentage of them, and depending on the study, it could be anywhere from 40 to 50% of them will end up becoming or end up becoming diabetic and being on a type two diabetes medication. Now, traditional medicine calls this the classic triad. They'll They'll say, okay, well, so many people that have this and then this will develop diabetes, it's just a natural progression of of their symptoms and their unhealthiness. Where people like me would say, hold on a second, the whole time you had a certain underlying disease, which we today understand to be a liver toxic issue, could be fatty liver, could be some other toxic issue, usually insulin resistance is part of this, but that was the underlying disease. And if we treated that naturally through certain supplements that helps detoxify the liver through certain vitamins, through diet that gets your bodies um, burning a fuel different than what our traditional American diets do, you could actually not only stop the disease progression, but a lot of people can get off their medications completely. It's estimated today that 95% of type 2 diabetics could get off their medications if they changed their diets and did a few supplements for a little while. That's astounding to me, especially when you consider the numbers that you quoted earlier about diabetics and how much money it costs the system and how much money it costs employers in terms of lost production.
1: Yeah. So you said all of that stuff was related to the liver, like their liver not properly detoxing or something.
0: That's correct. It's (laughs) it's in most situations that we're finding It has to do with an issue with the liver. And sometimes it's because of the plastics and estrogens and all the different types of garbage chemicals that are in our environment today. Our water supply is full of them, which is why, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past. We only drink distilled water in our house. Now, when you drink distilled water, you have to be careful. And I know we're gonna touch on this in the next episode. You have to supplement it with certain minerals in your diet so you don't get stripped of your minerals, but we only drink distilled water to keep it as pure as possible. Our foods we eat are organic and grass-fed and finished beef and, and other healthy meat products, wild-caught fish. So we limit our our toxic load in our bodies.
1: Yeah, I um I don't do the distilled water like you, but I'm on well water and I use a Berkey filter. And I also have an iron filter and water softener in my garage that it goes through in between the water pump in my house. So I shouldn't have to worry about any estrogen in my water because first the ground filters out the estrogen and then my Berkey filter. and Uh, Before you go on, I want to make a comment on that, something that listeners might not have ever heard of before. So I I think it's Exodus 34, might be 32, where the golden calf happens. And remember how, I'm sure you remember Dr. Sebastian, I'm sure many of the listeners do as well, how when Moses sees the golden calf and Aaron has a super lame excuse of like, oh, I just kind of threw the gold in there and the calf came out. And (laughs) yeah, that whole thing, Moses ground it to powder. Which is impressive because gold is very malleable and it's hard to grind malleable things to powder. But Moses ground it to powder, threw it on the water and made them drink it. And today we have all of these women on hormonal birth control that one, has bad health effects for the women. Two, basically all of them are potentially abortifacient as like a fail safe. And three it is making these women have higher estrogen in their urine that isn't getting completely filtered out by our city water filtration systems. And so we're drinking higher higher estrogen in our water because of our country's uh, choices to do things like have all these women on chemical birth control.
0: That's right. And, and yeah, it's, yeah. so not only are we getting all of these um, unaccounted for abortions from from birth control pills, which I believe... That number far outweighs the amount of abortions we know are happening uh, throughout the country, far outweighs it. But it also is implicated in a number of women's breast cancers Hmm. being on these birth control pills. And we don't, the research is, is, uh, is still coming along, trying to figure this out. And we know that there's a lot of risk factors for breast cancer, but this is definitely one of them.
1: Yeah, just another unhealthy thing our country is doing a list that could go way longer than we have time for in this episode
0: yes that's right yeah so you know when we talked about the the state of america um and we talked about now the different chemicals and foods one of the other big issues is is just the food themselves when you look at the standard food pyramid the the bottom of the food pyramid what's supposed to be the largest amount of what we're supposed to eat is is carbohydrates and it doesn't matter what they are any types of carbs are are into this category and and then as you go up the food pyramid it's supposed to be the lesser amount of food you have to eat you talk to a naturopath however and they'll tell you it's exactly opposite of what we should be doing in that it's the high carb load in people that is causing the liver to to be dysfunctional in a number of people and causing a condition called insulin resistance. So when we talked about liver function earlier, one of the big problems that we see today is is the liver is is well known in the medical literature to burn glucose and, and, and turn that glucose now into cholesterol. Your cholesterol now in your liver is turned into almost all of your neurotransmitters and hormones that your body uses. So we can actually trace a lot of different disease states in the body, thyroid issues, adrenal issues, cortisol issues, kidney issues, pancreas issues, which would be diabetes and others are traced back to at least in part liver dysfunction because of hormones that aren't being produced properly. So when we have things like fatty liver from eating too many carbohydrates and not enough good healthy fats, we're getting liver dysfunction, it's not producing the cholesterol properly, or if it's producing it, it's not turning the hormones properly. And so most cases of people who have high cholesterol today is not because they have, they're have they producing too much cholesterol, it's because they're not turning that cholesterol into the hormones and neurotransmitters are supposed to be doing because the liver is not in correct function. And this tra- is traced back to our diet.
1: And so, to use the analogy again, it's like someone trying to make their cold better by taking cough medicine instead of by taking some uh, elderberry or echinacea supplements.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, so I I've been on this mission now to help teach people how to how to eat differently, and 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 I'm one of them. You know, you saw me, Jeremy, three years ago, almost three years ago now, and. You know, I had lost a lot of weight over the years in in figuring out how to get healthy. I put a ton of weight on through college and dental school, and even the first couple of years after. And no matter how healthy I thought I was eating, it just wasn't, I couldn't dump the rest of the weight. And, and finally, when we started learning more about, when I started learning more about the macros and certain nutrients and things that we need to do for our bodies, it, it changed the world for me and being able to drop. Um, almost all the excess weight, as well as just feel a ton better. And I know we're going to get into more of that into the next episode, but as kind of a prelude to it, I, what I wanted to talk about is is we have, you mentioned some of the money in terms of, of the different diseases and what it costs the medical industry and what it costs people. You know, let's talk about medications. The average person in America in 2006 is the last, the last time I could find uh, numbers for this. Regardless of age, there was every person in America was on four unique prescriptions per year. Oh, wow. And that means, yeah. So from ages zero to two, that those kids run on an average of two prescriptions a year, usually antibiotics, which destroy your gut. And then if you're 65 and over, you are between six and seven prescriptions. Now, some of these are every month you're on the same prescription, right? So that would be one prescription if you're on it every every month. Or it could be, you know, you're on another unique prescription like you're on antibiotic rounds for, for a week. But six to seven different prescriptions a year regardless of length. In 2009, the total prescriptions written in America were 3.95 billion. You're talking at that time was around 12 prescriptions per person in 2009. In 2022, that number almost doubled to 6.7 billion prescriptions written in 2022 for Americans.
1: I just want to specify, you didn't say that's the amount of dollars of prescriptions sold. You meant the amount of prescriptions written.
0: amount of prescriptions written. That's correct. So now multiply that by the amount of money that is being spent on those prescriptions. Some are name brand prescriptions you're paying full price for. Others are generics. But anybody who goes and and pays for prescriptions today knows how much these things cost. And even if you have a good health care plan, from your employer where every prescription is 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks, your employer is still picking up the rest of that cost through their insurance policy. So that money's getting paid regardless. Wow. It's an astounding, it's an astounding number. And and the, the part that really bugs me about all this is I I look at the top 10 disease deaths, and I don't want to run through these real quick. I'm not sure how much time we have left on this first episode.
1: We probably have about but- Five to ten more minutes left
0: on this one. Five to ten more minutes. Yeah. Okay. So, the, in 2021, the number one disease was heart disease. Heart disease was is probably caused by an excess sugar consumption, inflammation in the body because of sugar, and the wrong types of fats being consumed. That that the in, the medical industry and food industry has told us to get rid of saturated fats. And that, and that the fats they put us on are essentially seed oils, which are really, really damaging. We'll talk about in the next episode. Heart disease is reversible in, in nearly everybody. Number two is cancer. Cancer is, is typically a pathogenic um, disease, which means you have to have a pathogen present first, usually two, so it's either a virus and another virus or fungus or bacteria or parasite that is at the base of every cancer and we can treat cancer naturopathically my wife was one of them who did this 3 over 3 years ago now and uh, treated her leukemia through natural method no chemo no radiation and and I don't I don't want anyone to take my advice for this find a naturopath I'm happy to help you find one um, so you can get uh, therapy for you or your spouse or family member um tailored to you but there's ways to to treat this naturally Number three disease death in 2021, they said was COVID 19. Now, you and I both know that it wasn't COVID 19. That would take a whole other episode to unravel. (laughs) Most people did not die of COVID 19. Most people died from the mistreatment of COVID 19. Almost everybody died from the mistreatment of COVID 19. We could have fixed that naturopathically. And the clinics that treated naturopathically did not lose a single patient. And there was a number of them across the country that were using naturopathic methods for this.
1: And also didn't like the Person like the um people who did or at least on record died of COVID nineteen had an average of like three or four comorbidities.
0: That's that's correct. Now now here's something interesting. Jeremy is that is that they told us it's about the comorbidities and and usually those comorbidities were kidney disease, um, high cholesterol, or high blood pressure issues, and then some heart disease as well. Those were considered the comorbidities. What we have found out in research in the last year is it was not the comorbidity that was the problem. It was the medication that they were on for the supposed comorbidity.
1: Oh, wow. So
0: it was the COVID somehow interacted with statin drugs and blood pressure medications. And that is, and, and, and some kidney medications. And that is where the comorbidities, when, when they call comorbidities, that's what the issue was. It was it was an interference with the medications or a problem, the medication side effect with them. And so, for anybody who wants to know that research, you can find it if you just Google searches. That has not been, at least the last time I checked, has not been uh, removed from Google's algorithms, like so much else has been. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, so that was a preventable disease too. Had they had they treated people for those issues? Um, number four disease death in 2021 was unintentional injuries. Okay, we know there's nothing we can do about that. Number five was stroke, another reversible disease, especially early on. Respiratory disease number six, there are things that we can done for respiratory disease naturopathically, um, including certain supplements that help that help with the lung or lungs, as well as different nebulizer therapies with food grade 3% hydrogen peroxide um cut down in a five to one ratio.
1: I've been drinking a lot of eucalyptus tea this year to really help free up my, like, nasal passageways and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, eucalyptus tea is great. If you can find a eucalyptus oil, peppermint oil, you can actually, um, there's a certain brand I recommend called Revive. I get no, I get no uh, remun- remuneration for that, by the way, for anyone listening. Um, Revive is about half the cost of, of uh, doTERRA and Young Living and far superior. You can take a couple drops of that right underneath your nose and breathe in or actually just breathe right out of the bottle your nasal passages will open up within seconds and your lung capacity will open up so for anybody who's who's got a respiratory sickness you can open up your lungs pretty quickly just by sniffing on this a little bit it's really incredible to to use um number seven is alzheimer's which we call type 3 diabetes most cases of alzheimer's it appears today are due to insulin resistance of the brain. So um, what we would call type two diabetes, this is type three diabetes. This is diabetes of the brain. And this can often be reversed through diet alone for people. Number eight diabetes. I said earlier is, is type two is reversible in 95% of patients through diet and supplements. Number nine is liver disease and fatty liver. These things are also reversed. Um, it takes a little longer. It can be three months to a couple of years to reverse this for people, but can be done through diet and supplements. And number 10 is kidney disease can usually be fixed, especially in early stages, through just salt supplementation and the proper salts. Now, why do I bring all these things up? Because this is the money and I am all about figuring out how to save people money. How do we, how do we get healthy and do this um, for the least amount of money possible? And there's no doubt Americans spend far more money on these top 10 diseases than it would cost to just treat it naturally at home and get off your medications and stop having to go to the doctor's offices. Now, it's, it's going to take some work. Like, this doesn't come overnight. It's not a quick fix. You can take a medication for blood pressure, and your blood pressure is gone in, in, in a few days to a week. You can take high cholesterol medication. Your high cholesterol is gone in a few days to a week. You do a diet and supplements. And you have to wean yourself off your medication. It's gonna take a few weeks to a few months, but you'll get there. And then you have to stay there by continuing to have a lifestyle change in terms of diet and supplements. But this could save people a lot of money. And from a Christian perspective, look, the more money that we save as Christians through good practices, the more money we can spend in the kingdom and, and on kingdom purposes. So that's really what I'm about in doing these podcasts here.
1: Thank you so much. Um, One last thing to cover in this episode, in the notes you mentioned an incorrect salt balance. I want to get a bit more info on that. So I'm one that I drink a lot of water and I drink a lot of green tea every day. And I drink herbal teas too. A lot of, uh, like I already mentioned, eucalyptus and turmeric and ginger and other herbal teas. So I actually have to sometimes make sure I'm getting enough salt and I'm not getting my salt levels too low from all the water and tea I drink. So I want to hear a little bit more about balancing those
0: yeah absolutely now the truth be told the only way that, that people can figure out what their salt needs are is by going and getting a specific blood test and there's naturopaths that do these blood tests um, and, and they do them for relatively cheap but you can get it you can get blood tests done that that not only shows and here's the key it has to be a blood test that shows not only your magnesium potassium uh and and uh, calcium and sodium levels in your blood as well as your trace minerals, but it ha- also has to show the cellular uptake of those minerals. And so there's only there's only a few companies, Scientific American, a few others that do them. So you have to find a natural type doctor or even Life Extension, the the supplement company Life Extension, which is one of my favorite ones to use, although not my favorite. They they do cheap blood tests. They tell you where to go to get your blood drawn. No insurance needed. Uh, you pay cash for it, and and then you can send your your blood in for them. And they'll do the results for you for far less than than most traditional medical offices will do. And they can give you a correct understanding of your salts. Most people, most people, unless they're taking really good supplements are in a salt imbalance. And that imbalance is they have too much sodium in their system in relation to the competing salts, which are your, your potassium, magnesium, and calcium. And so and, and it's because most foods are fortified with sodium, which is the cheapest salt of them all. And, and sometimes they put iodine in it, so we get the iodide, which is not necessary for most people, but it's, they got too much sodium. And so what we have to do is we have to ch- change out our salts in our house. We have to kick out the white salts, the iodized salts, and we have to bring in a really healthy salt. There's a salt called real salt that's, that's from Utah. That real salt has somewhere between 80 and 90 trace minerals in it, depending on which batch it is. Uh, the company I use is Premier Research Labs, to which I will give all the listeners a discount um, that anybody who wants it can, can email me for that. We'll do that on the second episode. Uh, Premier Research Labs has a special pink salt that is mixed with Hawaiian salt from Hawaii, from the, from the volcanoes, and um, they have upwards of ninety.
1: All right, so normally Zoom gives me a 60-second warning before it cuts us off, but it didn't that time. So you were just talking about the Pink Salt and PR Labs has a really high-quality one.
0: That That's correct, and that's the one I personally use at home. So I do a modified keto diet. I did, I believe, in a, what's called clean keto, which we'll talk about here in this episode. And then when you when you get your body weight down to where it needs to be and you get your body functioning the way it's supposed to be, you can do a modified keto um, going forward where you're cycling in some healthy carbs. But one of the things you need to do when you do more of a keto style diet is to get the correct amount of salt into your system. So every day I take somewhere around an eighth to a quarter of a teaspoon of pink salt and just put it on my tongue first thing in the morning. I don't drink any water. I just let it sit and just kind of melt down into my tongue because your tongue will actually pick up a lot of mineral and put it straight into the bloodstream. And then eventually after 30 to 60 seconds, you you have enough saliva washing your mouth and washes the rest of it down your throat and that's fine. But that's how I do my pink salt every day. And then I put as much salt on as I want for my foods. What you'll notice is when you get your body in tune with good, healthy foods, you will know when you need to eat more and when you don't. So when you're doing keto, if your body has not had enough healthy fats yet, you'll feel like you need more fat. And at that point, what I've done is I'll go take my good 100% healthy olive oil, and I'll take a teaspoon or two, and I'll just swallow it down. And then it's amazing, within about 30 seconds, you recognize, okay, I'm satisfied, I'm done. And and you're over with. Well, the same thing goes with the salt that you put enough on throughout the day until you recognize that hey, I'm done with, the salt doesn't taste right anymore, I'm done. And that means you've had your salt for the day, or you've had your salt for that time period. And that really, it works quite well that way for people when, you, when you're when you eating, again, eating healthy and figuring out how your body responds to the right foods. There's one, yeah, there's one more thing I want to say, and it's, it's really about the cause of diseases overall. And it really comes down to, I said earlier, about the toxins in our foods and our environment and in our water. But the number two is about our foods and supplements. And so causes of diseases is either pathogens, there's the wrong pathogens that we get into our system that causes a lot of different diseases, or at least is, um, is part of the disease process for a lot of diseases. Pathogens, again, meaning something that infects you, viruses, fungus, uh, bacteria, and uh, parasites and others. But the other one is, is our foods, what we call incorrect macros, too many carbs versus not enough good protein and enough healthy, good fats and the incorrect micronutrients, which is why we need to have a good, healthy salt that includes traits minerals in it, as well as a lot of people really do need to have a healthy um, whole food multivitamin in their diet every day. We have to cut out our sugars. The American and, and for, well, for really, around the world, we would do better if we cut all refined sugars out of our diets. And we can talk about that more in the next episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to get we need to get into omega six seed oils. I'm um, so get out of omega six seed oils. We need to we need to recognize almost all the oils that are on the market today that we're supposed to cook with are very disease causing and inflammatory causing oils. They're high in what's called linoleic acid. Omega six is a is a it's an essential fatty acid in our bodies, but we get too much of it in relation to omega-3. It causes major problems for us. So we need to kick the omega-6 seed oils out. We get enough omega-6s in, in regular foods. We need to increase our omega-3s into our, into our system. We also, we need to then with these, with the right diet and right supplements, we can fix our liver, which is at the central focus of a lot of diseases throughout our body. And then the last thing I want to say is with all of this, we need to get exercise and it doesn't mean we have to go to the gym and lift heavy weights. It means go take a walk with your spouse for 20 minutes, two to three times a day, preferably as soon as you get done with your each meal. If you do that, it will change your body immensely over the long haul.
1: All right. That's a lot of really good advice and, I thank you so much for coming on and talking about that. And I hope everyone is looking forward to the next episode when we're going to try to look at ways you can take steps to get healthier on a tight budget. Some of the ideas we have in mind to talk about in the next episode are ways that will actually save you money while making you healthy at the same time. And all of them will save you money in the long term because you won't need to be getting on prescription medicine when you're elderly. But some of these ways, even in the short term, will save you money. So I hope you all will. Stay tuned for that here when it drops with the next episode of Theana Money. All right, so that was the first part of uh, this two episode series with Dr. Silvestro. Just disclaimer on this, uh, what we say in this episode is not medical advice catered to you in it. If you want medical advice catered to you, email Dr. Silvestro with the email I'll put in the description of this episode Or see your own doctor, preferably a doctor who would be like-minded in many ways to Dr. Silvestro. And uh, try to uh, figure these things out on your own. Do your own research. Don't just take everything Silvestro and I say in this episode and in the following one as absolute truth and never question it. Double check us, you know. Um, The Bereans were good because they tested everything uh, that Paul was saying according to the scriptures. And that's the most important thing. To test things again. Once people are speaking uh, spiritual things. Make sure you're testing against the word of God. But also make sure you're. Fact checking things in general. To uh, try to be true. To the truth. And so look into the stuff you hear. From Dr. Silvestro. See if you agree or disagree with it. And uh, you know. Try to study it out. Duck Duck Go it. Or Swiss Cow it. Or Brave Search it. You know. Whatever you do. Don't. Google search it unless you have to use one of those other three instead and check it out and uh, also check out the description of this episode because there will be some places where you can get more information there. So that was this week's episode of uh, Theana Money and I want to remind everyone that the law of the Lord is perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, and true. So go apply that law. And light of the gospel of Christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life. Grace and peace, friends. More than silver, precious, gold. Your is sweet, and it satisfies my soul. It revives me and says.